Are you ready for friends that you can say anything to? We got you. I'm Wendy, founder of Bloom Wellness. And I'm Sin, Liberation Life Coach, and you're listening to Truth Tuesday, Liberation Through Radical Honesty. Welcome to Truth Tuesday. Today, we're going to talk about the power of storytelling. Storytelling is a form of therapy, a form of medicine. It's ancestral wisdom that has been carried down through many generations, not just within our lineages, like within our our, our ancestors, but it's a universal, powerful um, sort of thing that connects humans. Medicine. It's medicine, yes. And for me, I recently became aware of the power of storytelling um, when I started to share my stories through Instagram when I launched my page in November of 2019. And I was doing it more for myself to document my healing. I was doing it to hopefully um, empower others, but I didn't really fully understand how powerful it really was. So I was just sort of winging it. Um, But I know that it helped me heal and I know that the more that I shared my story and my my experiences I started to feel these shifts within me and I didn't know if other people were going to experience the same thing but I'm like I kind of stumbled upon something pretty magical and I want to share it I want to be an advocate for it I want to do my research and the more I dive deep deeper into it I realized that I've always been a storyteller mm-hmm And it's something that's always resonated with me, Uh, especially, you know, I'm a writer. Mm -hmm. I've been writing since I was in elementary school. I would always uh, win these writing competitions and it was always a part of me. Mm -hmm. And when I was in grad school, uh, I got my master's in anthropology. A lot of it is storytelling. A lot of it is, uh, you know, these ethnographic accounts of witnessing these other cultures of course there's a lot of colonization there right but that's that was the that's the intent and so you have these stories these narratives about how people experience their their identities their lives their relationships their loved ones their rituals their their depthness as humans and so once i had my awakening and once i started healing the more i realized holy moly I'm just now becoming aware of something that I didn't even know was this powerful. Mm -hmm. And so today, I would love for us to explore the opportunities that we have as um, uh, storytellers in not just healing ourselves, but healing others and how sharing our stories liberate other people, but also... On the other side of that, are we equipped, ready, capable, willing to hear someone else's story when they come forward? Or to create spaces for people to share. Yes, exactly. Because on the other side of that, it's not safe. So a lot of people don't feel compelled to share their story. Right. And it's interesting you say that because the same thing has happened with me like throughout my life I've I was a writer too and I don't write as much as I used to I think I've showed you some of my scribbles here and there but um I was huge on storytelling and 
I was thinking recently about how I've had jobs where my job was to interview people, but in order for me to connect with people, storytelling was kind of like the way I build rapport with people. And that's how they connect because you have similar experiences or, you know, it's like I connect with people through that. So I remember really vividly giving this talk to parents of these first generation students that were about to go to a four-year university. So being that that was who I was as well at some point, nobody told my mom what to expect. Nobody kind of explained to her what it entailed, what it would look like, what it would feel like. So being in that space and being able to share that experience and storytelling um, in that space, it led a lot of parents to see things differently. It shifted their perspectives. So that's really when I started to see how these experiences that I may have felt were unfair um, were actually part of my journey to be able to equip me with the tools that I needed Mm -hmm. to provide support within our community. Um, but again, it's, uh, when I was interviewing parents and I was running a mentoring program at the time, um, I remember to create these spaces for, for parents to tell their story. I would sit down with the parent and the, the student and I would ask them, it's like, have you ever asked your parents, you know, especially the first generation ones, how they got to this country? Do you know the story? It's like, well, yeah, they, they had to come over. It's like, no, it's not just, they came over. Have they told you the story? And there's so much power in those stories of, of resiliency and moving forward. And it's not easy. Mm-hmm. And I remember sitting with my mom and asking her about her story. And I've said this to many people. I was um, doing a Spartan race, um, the beast, and it's half a marathon with all the obstacles and all these things. And going up this crazy like hill, all dirt, and feeling like, here I have the shoes and I have the water and I have all these things and I'm getting a glimpse, just a tiny glimpse of what my mom may have gone through crossing the border. But nobody talks about that. Nobody talks about it. It's kind of like frowned upon or I'm not sure exactly why we don't talk about these things, but there's so much liberation and um, I can tell you, for one, I had a lot more respect for her and I could understand why there was so much wounding because I can't imagine doing that at 16 years old or at mm-hmm. 17 years old and having to figure shit out that young without any support. So yes, there there's going to be some stunted growth. There's going to be a lot of trauma. Um, but if we don't give them space to tell those stories, if we're not even asking, um, what happens then? You know, right. we don't empower them. We don't, it's like we don't care almost, right? We don't see them. Right. I, I, I don't know if it's that we don't care. I think it's more that we all have our own story. Right. Right. So because when I think about my story, I wasn't seen by my mom when I was struggling with my mental health mm-hmm. um, or when I was trying to bring awareness to the trauma and the abuse in our home. Like she wasn't seeing that part of my story, mm-hmm. um, but she couldn't see it. Right. And so... And it's not that she didn't care. So I never actually stopped to also acknowledge or give space or honor that part of her story because our stories are unfolding and it comprises of many micro stories, moments in our lives, key milestones or pivotal life-changing, you know, events. Um, 
But I wouldn't say that we don't care. I think that we're all so consumed with our own stories that we forget to check in with people where we're not present. Mm -hmm. Because when you're present, you're tuned in to how they're feeling, their mood. Um, If they're doing something out of character, Mm -hmm. and that's an invitation to say, hey, are you okay? How's it, you know... um, is there something bothering you or do you want to talk or hey let's I'll invite you out for coffee that's mm-hmm. how I get my mom every time right I I isolate her from the rest of the family hey let's go do this and that's when I get her to be in a space of vulnerability because like I said she's also on our healing journey um so I wouldn't say that you know it's it's be- it, a lot of it is because we also don't know right unless we go through our own healing journeys because this is something that I've learned to do after I've been on my healing journey, the things that I applied for myself, I've then practiced with people like my mom. I think, you know, it's, so to go back to that, what I'm saying, um, when we don't ask, they, I think we make them feel like we don't care. Okay. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not so much that we don't care because when you know, I would, I would watch these parents tell the kids their story and the kids would start crying. Mm-hmm. And there was so much emotion there, but also so much healing. Yeah. But they didn't know to ask. So right. the moms think, and they would say, es que no le importa. No, es que se la pasa nomás en el teléfono. So it's what you're saying. So I think this is an invitation, if anybody's out there listening, mm-hmm. to ask the question, to, to give them that space, or if they're ready for it, let's talk about it. Because they may think that you don't care. Right. And that feels that feels awful, really, because they right. think, for you and I, it's like when we... When you feel like you can't speak, it, it kind of feels like suffocating. You know, it's like I can't breathe because nobody fucking sees me. Nobody hears me. And I'm trying to tell this thing and I felt I felt helpless and hopeless. Mm-hmm. And um, it's all these things. But it's also because we haven't created those, those spaces. Right. But now that we're aware, I think it's important that we bring attention to it. So whoever is listening, if you're open to it, it, it is an invitation mm-hmm. to tell your story. But also ask to listen to someone else's story. Right. And and to go back to um, to feeling unseen and feeling unheard. Um, I struggled with feeling that way for a really long time. And I know the I know that it feels like it's the other person. Mm-hmm. And I talk about this a lot on my platform where I blame academia. I Academia is my scapegoat for everything. Mm-hmm. The white man is my scapegoat for everything mm-hmm. because it's easy mm-hmm. and because I'm riding the collective wave, right? Everyone is on that bandwagon. And so, and I get it. I totally wonder, I'm not dismissing or invalidating, but I'm just saying that the natural progression of, of healing mm-hmm. is you end up expanding so much to where you start to empathize with institutions to the degree that you're like you know what it's not that they didn't see me is that i didn't have the courage to stand up fully in my power because i was so afraid of my own power Mm -hmm. if i were to go back to those spaces as this version of cynthia you better believe i would feel heard and i would feel seen Mm -hmm. because the way that i communicate because I've learned how to find the right words. And I've sat with myself in so much self-reflection to really get to know my story and fine-tune it and hone in on my, my authentic message. Now I know how to deliver it. 
And now and I there's have a, to speak on it. And there's an ownership too of your right. story. Exactly. Where before I was like, no, it's not. This is not what it is. I don't, you know, like you're saying, the scapegoat. Everybody else, everybody screwed me over. The reason I don't have that job is because this person didn't give me the opportunity. Mm-hmm. And um, I think both you and I have stepped out of that. Mm-hmm. Even as I resigned from my job not too long ago, I was like, no, I'm taking my life back. This is a way that I'm rewriting my story. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be about someone else giving me the opportunities. Right. I'm going to do what I need to do because if, you know, my parents were able to come here and figure some shit out and take on whatever they did head on, my dad started his own business and he did his thing. And to watch him kind of thrive in that way right. to make it work, like I have way more tools than he does. Right. Why can't I? Mm-hmm. And why am I afraid to try and so I was like, no, this is not, this is not going to be a thing. It's not a thing for me anymore. And I can't sit there and point the finger mm-hmm. because for me, it's not about money. But, you know, a lot of people started thinking like, oh God, if you do this, it's security, security, security. And then they start freaking you out because they're projecting all these fears onto you. So right. the story they've been told is you follow the rules mm-hmm. and you're okay. I followed the rules and I was not okay. So my story right. was I was fucking slowly dying because I was following all these bullshit rules mm-hmm. that did not apply to me. So let me break this mm-hmm. because this is not what I'm here for. And mm-hmm. on top of that, it's like knowing my grandpa's story, it's like as, as he was getting older, I started being around him more. There was this lawsuit with the Bracero program and um, the living conditions for these Bracero workers that were bring, bring, being brought over to California to work and, and, you know, work on the farms, they were being charged for rent on top of, you know, they were getting paid measly wages and mm-hmm. they were mistreated. So when I helped support him through that and he was going, you know, through the whole, this, what is it called? Uh, what are these compensations called? A class at suit. Um, I helped him and as we were driving back and forth to the consulate, he told me a lot of stories and I remember him being like, he was already older. Like had I known that my grandpa had that much knowledge? Oh my gosh. Yeah. And it's a lot. It it was so powerful because everything in, and I've said this before, everything he was telling me, it's things that I learned in college. Mm Mm-hmm. It's like I took Chicano Latino studies. I took sociology courses. Here's my grandpa that didn't go to college, didn't go to high school, didn't whatever. He lived life and Mm -hmm. he's giving me like political strategy in the car and telling me how shit really is. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't believe it. And Mm -hmm. I feel like we do not honor the older generations as much as we should or we could. Mm -hmm. And it's really sad because... Some of these older generations will die without telling their story. Right. And that breaks my heart. But it's so important that we take the time to to honor their stories and whoever that is. And it could just be just a random elderly person you watch. Like, sit with them. Yeah. Ask them their story. It doesn't have to be your grandpa. It could be anybody. It could be yeah. you going to you know, a senior citizen center and letting someone tell you whatever story they want to tell you. There's so much knowledge and wisdom in these opportunities to connect with someone. And are you willing to do that? Because there's so much power, like I said, in storytelling. We're so much more alike than we are different. Right. But if you don't give yourself that chance to kind of dig that deep, you Mm -hmm. never find out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I want to also 
bring to light discerning multiple stories, right? Because you can have your story of struggle and adversity, mm -hmm. but then it comes with these intrusive thoughts that you equate that story with being unworthy. And so th that's another story we tell ourselves, right? So they're running parallel to each other. And so the healing journey helps you discern, get rid of the story that doesn't serve you, right? Which is the stories that we tell ourselves that really have nothing to do with the things that happened to us. So things like, I'm not worthy, I'm not enough, I deserved this, like, I deserve to be punished, um, you know, whatever you want to add to that. But the actual, the real authentic story is, this is what happened to me and it wasn't my fault. This is what happened to me and I'm still worthy. This is what happened to me and I am loved. This happened to me, but it doesn't define me. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so there's power in telling that story of what happened to us. And once you do that, then you can create a new story for yourself right. and move forward. Yeah. But I think, uh, God, there's so many parts to storytelling. So I'm going to go on a little bit of a tangent too. But um, sometimes the stories that we tell ourselves can be problematic. And like I said, sometimes we tell the story that people don't care about us. Exactly. Or people don't care to hear us. So then we don't share because we, we're holding back because we've already told ourselves that narrative. Mm -hmm. So storytelling can go both ways. It can be a positive thing. It can be a negative thing. But if I'm sitting here telling myself the story, again, of unworthiness and nobody wants to hear this and it doesn't matter, I'm not important, and it's not a good enough story to tell, then literally you're screwing yourself over. Like you're you're doing this to yourself. You can't blame it on anybody else because you're doing this to yourself. So right. listen to your, like, your chatter, your mind chatter. Right. But I think part of that we can't do that on our own we need a sounding board you as humans we absolutely need another human to reflect back to us the story that we're telling ourselves so for example for me i really needed people that were seeing things in me that i couldn't see myself because that's part of our limitation right and so i need other people to show me like what what i'm not seeing so you can have people tell you all day long, yeah, you're beautiful, you're amazing, you are loved, you are enough. But I, if I can't see it and if I don't believe it, mm -hmm. like I, I need some work to do there. And so sometimes when you, in order to do that kind of work, like you do need to have someone, like for me, like it started with therapy, having a therapist. And then when that wasn't really um, serving me anymore, it's community or people mm -hmm. like you, someone mm -hmm. who is more aware of me in a way that I, I can't in that moment. And then I'm sort of like, oh, yeah, you're right. I don't have to tell myself that story because it's not true. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sort of bringing that, that part of the story out. And now I can let it go. I guess so. What what would your advice be for someone that maybe cannot or has, doesn't have that self-awareness and doesn't uh, can't acknowledge or identify this like storytelling when they're when they're telling themselves a story about something because you know, yeah, therapy does help. And I think some of us, we take some of it for granted a little bit. And, and it is a benefit, I think, because now when I'm talking to someone, I may start my conversation with, I'm upset, but the story I'm telling myself is, and it can be that I'm not important in your life, that I'm not a priority, mm -hmm. that you don't care about me, that, you know, so X, Y, Z, whatever. Um, so I've, I've been very careful about navigating spaces because I do see how I kind of like have injected these stories into mm -hmm. relationships and they've impacted me yeah. severely. But how do you, how do you navigate if you're advice, not aware? You communicate, you say the difficult thing. 
So who, you I mean, say, like you, but... You say, you did X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. and by you doing that, this is the story I tr- started telling myself. No, I myself. know. But that's what you do when you're already aware and of the storytelling. It. But some people aren't aware that this is... Because I have a friend, and she was talking about how she completely, like, she was silent about things. Mm-hmm. And her very best friend was not there for her when she needed her. So she was expecting this person to be there. Doesn't show up. And it was kind of like... You don't care about our friendship. You don't care about me. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not important to you. And so when that happens, it was really important for her to take a step back. And then she realized it's not that she thought these things. It's that she didn't know what I was going through. So, of course, she wasn't aware of what was going on with me. And that's why she didn't support me or wasn't there for me because I didn't ask for the help. Right. So how do you get from that? Like, I guess that's that's a question. How would you get to that point if you are not aware that you're telling yourself a story? I think that, well, for me specifically, it was divine intervention. That's the only thing that I can say. Because I, I say a lot, you know, I went through so much and I, it was so, I felt so alone. Well, why did I feel alone? Because I wasn't sharing it with anyone. Mm-hmm. I was isolating myself. Mm-hmm. And the only way that I was able to get out of that was through divine intervention. And I don't, I mean, I don't have the answer to that. Um, I think that for me, this is my path. And and maybe this is the thing. Maybe, maybe I was the one that was supposed to create that part mm-hmm. in the human consciousness Mm -hmm. you know for for our community because everyone has the key for we've talked about this for different communities different backgrounds and maybe for me that's where it was right because I didn't see anybody like me Mm -hmm. that looked like me that came from my upbringing that had the background that I did to go through the journey that I did yeah and that's what made it hard but now that I'm here guess guess how many people are going to resonate with this right so Maybe it just took for me to have the divine intervention for other people to hear my story so that they can be liberated through my story. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if that answers your question. No, I think for because obviously for me, it works differently. So I'm just like, because we, you and I think differently and we've had different experiences, even though some of the stuff intersects. So for me, it was just more about when I hear people, I, I didn't always know that I was telling myself a story. Mm-hmm. So a lot of that self-reflection came from sometimes like, you would present me with something. So not everyone has a Cynthia in their lives mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. And you might say, I would have said, hey, so-and-so did this and that. And then you might say, um, is this, are you projecting? So you're asking me questions based on the experience you have. Mm-hmm. So that for me, that's a privilege that I have someone that is that aware in my life. Yeah. But if you don't have someone, it's like when I saw my friend go through it, nobody told her that she was storytelling. So I guess... For her, she started noticing, it's like, I'm going to, she did the hard thing. She reached out to have the hard conversation. And during that conversation, she recognized like, oh, this is something that I made this up in my head. Right. And I hurt myself. And I, you know, because we break our own hearts. And she was just kind of like, I went through this whole thing because I told myself that this person kind of like didn't care about me. She didn't want to be my friend anymore. She didn't want to show up for me. And it was hard for me. So I guess that's what I was saying because a lot of people, again, don't have a Cynthia. So how did they do it, that friend of yours? She didn't. She said she just sat with it for like almost nine months. That's divine intervention. Yeah, nine months. You sit with it until God speaks to you. So when you say how do you, because 
maybe that is the answer, right? How do you break into the awareness? God revealing himself to you is stepping into awareness. That's where you go from being asleep to being awakened. Mm -hmm. And I don't mean God religiously. I mean consciousness or God in our consciousness because there's there's a shift that people go through Mm -hmm. that happens when there's enough truth that's being revealed and God is like, surprise, I exist, I'm real, but not in the way that you thought, not in the way that you were taught growing up, not in the way that you could even imagine. Right. Right? And that's when you start to be aligned with the answers, with the people that tell you storytelling is medicinal. You know what I mean? But you have to go through that awakening. And everyone, I, I genuinely believe that if people are aligned with you and me, they're gonna they're gonna go through their own awakening at some point. If they're not already. If they're not already. Right. Right. And if they are, this sounds familiar to them, and they're like, "Yeah, that makes sense." Um, and everybody has their own community. Some people experience their awakening in other in other circles through other channels. Um, they they resonate with other, you know, people that are not like you and I. Right. But because I didn't see someone like me. Same. Mm -hmm. Right. In the media, um, representing, you know, everything like I think that's what made it hard for someone like me. No, that makes sense. And it does make sense because, yeah, again, um, we've been taught to figure everything out on our own. Mm -hmm. So I guess that that does answer the question then. But, uh, yeah, going back to it, um, a lot of the a lot of the medicine within our own communities and within our own culture has to do with platicas and, mm-hmm. and sitting in a circle and just talking about it because if you look at, you know, different tribes, it's not like they would go and go to therapy. They didn't have a therapy session. Right. <laughs> so they their therapy was, it wasn't therapy, it was a conversation. It was embedded into their daily living. Right. And we've lost a lot of these traditions. So in bringing them back, um, if you are listening out there or anybody out there, um, and you know of any circles or, you know, circulos de mujeres or de hombres or whatever, if there any men's circles, anything, any healing circles, um, send them over our way. We really want to share with other people because we want people to be able to connect with people that they resonate with. Yeah, that have the same stories. Because like I said, not everyone's going to resonate with you and I. Right. We have, we have power in our stories, but everyone has their own unique story that's equally powerful. And I think that's what we're trying to say, right? Like, what's your story? Like, own your story. And even if someone has a story that's not like mine, I, I have the capacity to create a safe space to get that story out and yes. help you feel empowered to share it. Yeah. And then I feel like a lot of the times I will share those stories with other people. Mm-hmm. So I like, it's almost like you're taking... You're taking a survey of everyone's stories and then it's like, I want to connect to you. It's like, hey, so-and-so also had a similar experience or, you know, mm-hmm. with whatever's going on in life. It's like, hey, I also know this person because I want yeah. people to feel, you know, safe mm-hmm. in opening up to share these things. Because when you don't feel understood, you kind of put yourself in a little bit of a cage. Right. And you feel like you can't speak or share because nobody understands you. Right. So, um yeah, I think there's a lot of power in storytelling. There's a lot of healing. And um, I don't know what else I would want to share about this. But yeah, I think it's important for us to create these safe spaces for people to to feel like it's okay to talk about their things. But the only way that happens is if we are vulnerable enough to talk about what we're going through. Right. I guess that's it for me. Yeah, that was pretty powerful. Thank yeah. you. Thank you.
Okay. Thank you for listening, guys. We will be back next week. Love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.